0: All right. Welcome, Sean, to the Therapy for Dads podcast. How are you doing this Thursday evening?
1: I am good, man. Uh, Thanks for having me on. But yeah, no, I'm good. Just got back from a date night. So it's been a a solid day.
0: Yeah. Always good to have a date night. How often are you doing those with your partner? Uh,
1: Well, with COVID and everything, it's been difficult. So like, I don't know. We used to make sure pre-kid, we'd make sure it's like twice a week. Now we shoot for like once a month to have like a true dedicated kind of night to, to ourselves Mm. ideally. Yeah.
0: That is very honest. I feel like that's great. Um, (laughs) going from, I love how you said it pre kid two nights a week, post kid, post COVID. Well, I don't know if we're post COVID yet. Not yet. I don't know what we're considered. I'm not sure. Um, it's like, it's like D day. It's like, we're it's COVID day. So we're not, we're at the end yet, but we're in the middle (laughs) You now have once a month, which is I feel like kinda of more realistic, I feel like, for a lot of couples that have kids and stuff. It's not so like every, you know, three times a week. It's like I don't know how realistic that is. So that was that's awesome. Once a once a month and you guys make it happen to priority and that's that's good. Um good. One of my favorite things about doing the Therapy for Dads podcast is being able to literally meet people across the globe and all over the world. And so it's always fun to kind of chime in to see where everyone's calling in from. So everyone kinda of know who's listening to the show for a long time, you know where I'm from. Southern California. It's just about hit nine PM on a Thursday evening, and Sean is calling in from.
1: I am uh, in a small city called Airdrie, but let's for simplicity let's say I'm in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and it's uh, just about ten PM on Thursday.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. so this is my first Canadian on the show. Nice. So welcome. You're the first. Welcome. I like it.
1: Let's. <laughs> uh, we might. We might have to put a little counter on and see how many times I say a. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. I, I, so that so that's a thing that's an actual thing that's
1: a thing that's okay a thing. yeah
0: well well that's okay we should put a count on how many times i probably say dude and like so that's okay. yeah. i think that's a california i mean you tell me what when you mimic a californian what do you guys do
1: yeah the word dude definitely comes in okay you're 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 you're, you're spot on
0: yeah that's the that's the stereotype is dude and, <laughs>
1: yeah. and dude, like bro and like yeah
0: yeah that i i say all of those things <laughs> <laughs> so you, you caught me so welcome from canada uh welcome from calgary and airdrie the the suburb that you're in and so why don't you do a quick intro of who sean is how many kids
1: my name's sean um one kid our first kid uh her name is zoe she's turning one uh next oh month yeah dang. man time flew by um, yeah yeah and uh i i do a couple things. So I work in tech, uh, doing sales, things like that. And then I also follow to my wife's footsteps who runs a really popular Instagram page. And I started my own called Own It Dad. So I do that mm. as a, kind of a hobby. I find it fun. It's about parenting mm. and stuff. And uh, yeah, that's that's me. Other than that, I uh, you know, if, if you've followed my, my page at all, I, I do Canadian things like play hockey and curl and <laughs> And things like that. But that's uh, that's me in a real quick nutshell, man.
0: Yeah, I love it. And two things. One, I did see your curling story the other day. And I was like, oh, he's curling. I know what that is. <laughs> um, the Winter Olympics, right? The that's, Winter
1: Olympics, uh, that's right.
0: And I, oddly enough, I find it's a weird thing. When I watch the Winter Olympics, I find it oddly soothing and relaxing. I just sit there and just kind of zone out. Just yeah. sit in the couch. It's just like, oh, I just kind of. I kind of zen out in when I watch curling because it's just I don't know. To me, it's it's relaxing, but I feel like if you're in it, it's intense, right?
1: Yeah, it's like winter golf. It's like winter golf. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but I love the I love the broom. Just like they get so it's. I'm guessing that's hard, right? I mean, you're just man. You
1: yeah, like my shoulder and chest are sore still from two days ago from like sweeping. Who knew? Okay, is
0: that are you the? I guess what are the what are the roles called in curling?
1: Like oh um i'm not a professional curler but you have like a a first a second a third and then you have a skip and the skips the fourth guy okay or 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 woman and uh they they kind of control everything so everybody except them throws rocks and sweeps so you kind of like alternate,
0: yeah okay okay and then the skip is the one who's just kind of calling the shots they're like the Yeah, the director, coach, whatever you call it, captain. Okay. So So they don't, they're just kind of directing and guiding. Wow. Okay. So it's a thing. Yeah. But I I do find it soothing when I watch it. And I'm always, I'm kind of always mesmerized. I'm like, this is, this is great. I've never done it, but it seems, I'm intrigued by it. Um, So you got that. And then you mentioned your daughter's about to turn one. She is. Like, and you said it flew by.
1: It flew by. um, Yeah. yeah, I, I can't believe it. It's, uh, Hmm. yeah, it feels like it's been a couple months, yeah. but it also feels like it's been a couple of years, but realistically it feels like a couple months and like not that long ago, Hmm. she was like just that little, you know, in that little slug stage where she was just laying (laughs) wherever you you set her. And now she's just crawling and yeah, turning one. It's bizarre. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you're in the, so the current phase she's in is the, is the
1: crawling phase. She is in the standing phase standing and like you know holding on to stuff and crawling around and we got one of those little push carts and mm-hmm. she just looks like an old grandma with a walker and she's just <laughs> ripping around the house yeah. running into stuff running into the dog yeah she's a yeah. uh, full go 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 mode
0: yeah so already you know when you look at her and you know she's she's still got time to develop but when you see her personality what what do you kind of see in in her at this stage
1: Ah uh, yeah so She's definitely, like, a mix, but she's very, like, uh, I don't know the best word to describe it, almost, like, cheeky. Like, hmm. she she knows what's going on, it seems, and when she's doing something and she wants you to see and, like, comment on it, she'll always, like, stop and look and, like, give you a, almost an evil smile or laugh. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's got a personality, for sure. It's, it's really okay. funny.
0: And are you seeing, you know, and every kid's different, you start to see the personality kind of blossom, but when you look at her and you see those, that cheekiness and and everything, do you think that's
1: more you or more of your partner? Uh, I'm kind of like influenced because I don't see it as me, but then listening to people talk about when I was a kid, Mm. I kind of see it come from there, but then she'll do certain things or like look at me in like a certain funny way that reminds me of my wife like every Mm. time. So yeah, I'm like, I can pick out, Different things, so it'll be interesting to see how that progresses.
0: Yeah, it 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 will progress. (laughs) Definitely (laughs) will progress, and you'll see more. And it's fun. It's really that's it's been a fun experience for my experience seeing my boys see their their personalities develop, and and from you know one to two, and my oldest is four, so not not too far ahead of you, but enough to see. It's like oh yeah, you you it's amazing. Just one, how fast they grow. And yeah. you really I remember that first year, man, it's like, I feel like I blinked and you're like, what, they're yeah. already like, what happened? Like, I don't even, I, what? Yeah. It's like, um, I want to redo. <laughs> yeah. I want to redo. It's just, it just blows by. And really it's, it's so cliche when people tell you that it flies by, but it, it it's actually true. It's true. Um, it really is. I'm like, my life just, I just blink. I'm like, it's already almost December. Um, I to, I'm going to have my third kid in like two months. So I'm just, I have no idea what's going to uh, happen. So it, I'm trying to enjoy, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy all I can. Um, but congratulations. She's made it almost a year and that, that's so exciting, man. So that's so cool. And you get to do the first birthday thing. And are you guys yeah. going all out or um, what are you guys doing? First yeah, my, birthday?
1: my wife's going all out. Okay. Um, the <laughs> other day I was like out on a farm picking up hay bales cause we're doing like a pumpkin theme. Okay. And so, yeah, it's it's going to be a whole deal. I actually, my wife was like, oh, I think we're going to do this and this. And uh, I sent her a picture. I'm like, this is what birthday parties were like when I was a kid. And it was just like in a McDonald's with like a little <laughs> hamburger tablecloth. And like, that was it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Some of the stuff I see now, I'm like, I never, I was, I never did this. No. I, <laughs> I was either at a pool, like at a, just a pool yeah. with like maybe... I had one small like a cupcake or something yep. and that was it what man some of the stuff i see now like you're picking
1: up hay bales yeah like a hay bales like full-on hay bales
0: that's an experience
1: yeah so <laughs> picking it should, should be should be a good party
0: <laughs> that's so cool well i did i hope it's great and it's okay my our first year right my, my eldest was born on the fourth of july our first year was just it looked like a fourth of july party threw up all over our backyard um <laughs> It, it was fun. It was great. It was just, it was the most work I've ever done in my entire life. And he has no idea what no, happened. No clue. It's not for him. It, no. It's not for your daughter. It, in the end, it was for my wife wanted it. I'm like, okay, that's what we're doing. We're doing totally. it. And, totally. and family, they want to come and do it. But I'm like, he doesn't remember that. Uh, <laughs> he has no clue what happened. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun experience. So have fun with all the hay bales and don't, yep. Make sure you lift. We were just talking. For those of you who don't know, we were talking in the green room before this. It's very, very um, schnazzy, yeah, very you know, nice. po- posh place, yeah. yeah it's, nice. a con- <laughs> it's VIP only. But don't forget <laughs> with our age, and we're not, you know, we're getting up there. Uh, lift with your legs, not your back. That's right. Word of the wise. <laughs> so <laughs> word of the wise. You don't want to. You don't want to throw your back out for your kid's first birthday party with hay That's bales. Right. Um, so for the next question, man, can you tell us a bit about
1: your, your
0: dad journey?
1: Yeah. Um, for me, it starts with like a little backstory. So I consider myself a planner. So, uh, my wife, Rainy and I, we got married, um, five years ago. You know, we just kept pushing the discussions. Like, do we want kids? Yes. When? I don't know. Let's figure it out Hmm. later. And we kept doing that. And, uh, we finally got to the point where like, we need to make a decision on this. And for me, I was always like, I don't know. Like, Mm. I feel like I'll probably be a good dad, but like, I want to make sure, but I also want to make sure that, you know, our kid could go to college or university if they want to, and that they'll be financially good throughout all these things. Um, so it started there with like just way too much planning probably. Mm. And then finally I got like satisfied with the financial portion and then talking with my wife, she's like, you are not the guy you were in your twenties. Like you're a very mature person. Like you will be a fine dad. But in my Mm -hmm. mind, I'm still like this, you know, 20 something, uh, in my case, immature person. So we got through that and then, um, we're like, okay, let's, let's give it a go. And yeah, it, it took us like, I don't know, five or six months. And then we found out, uh, my wife was pregnant and all that this is kind of where it really began for me it's like all that stress I had and all that Mm. fear like as soon as I found out instantly was just like gone and has not come back like as soon as we found out went to the doctor and everything it was just gone and it was just like pure excitement Um, so that's kind of how it started and then yeah um, since then it's really just been I don't know I had a really I had a really happy enjoyable childhood from everything I remember so I just try and uh, yeah, focus on replicating that and trying to spend as much time as possible with my daughter Zoe and, and my wife and yeah, just try and take it all in. And, you know, there's there's some cool things out there that we get to see on on Instagram and stuff and these little communities. And it's, you know, just little reminders. And I guess this is kind of where I am now. And it is your kid is, and your child is going to care more about the things you did with them than for them. And, mm. you know, that's just, Where I am now is just trying to be as present as possible and do as many things as I can with her to, uh, Mm. and just try and enjoy every minute of it. Mm. So yeah, man, that's kind of, I don't know, my dad journey, I guess.
0: Yeah. Up to this point, right? Up until this this
1: point. point. That's right.
0: So you mentioned you had these maybe anxieties or fears yeah, and they disappeared when you found out.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm wondering though, what were, what was like the big, you know, one, two, three fears that were kind of like hitting you before in you know, It's amazing. They went away by the way. That's wonderful yeah. that they just kind of just dissipated, just disappeared. Like what a wonderful thing. But I'm wondering what were those fears just to name them for yeah. those listening.
1: Number one. And it's a very broad fear. It's just like, I don't know if I am like, I don't know if I can be a good dad. Mm. Like, I don't know. There was no specific one thing. It was just like this over yeah, overwhelming, just stress and anxiety feeling of like what what if I'm not ready or what if I'm not Mm -hmm. good so that was like the big one um and then the other really the other one was just like financial um of being like well I I don't know can I can we afford it what is it going to impact our Mm -hmm. lives you know this some selfish thinking which is totally fine yeah um so those were the big two and then yeah when I found out I was just like I think I don't know now I'm like analyzing my own brain but it's almost like I found out and then I felt the excitement and Mm -hmm. my mind uh, like kind of just raced 18 years ahead. And I kind of saw all that stuff that was going to happen. And I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be fine being a dad because like I'm so excited and so invested. So I feel like that just kind of washed that away. But yeah, that's awesome. And it hasn't come back since. I mean, not really. No, there's, there's, you know, there's moments all the time where I'm like, I need to be better. Or, you know, yeah. am I, am I doing the best? But in gen- generally, no, I'm, it, none of that really comes back.
0: Hmm. And you, and you mentioned, um, you know, your kids remember what, essentially what you do with them and i'm paraphrasing you you with them your presence not so much like what you do kind of not with them right um Mm -hmm. not what you do for them but what you do with them i think is what you said and so tell me a bit a bit more about that like why do you think that was uh something that stood out to you and you made it such a priority early on for you
1: well so again like uh when i was growing up we didn't have a lot like you know, we always had clothes, we always had food, we were, we were fine, but Mm -hmm. I never had the new stuff and I never had the new clothes, but I don't really remember that. I remember like specific things and events I did with my mom or my dad. And like, these are the things I remember Mm -hmm. to kind of backtrack. I instantly was like, I want my, my child to have everything. I don't know. I guess more people probably feel this way too, but then Um, there's just little times to get little reality checks where it's just, you know, I'll see a post or, or like your podcast presence over presence or these different Mm. like little triggers that are like, Hey, what's important is like, what do you remember? You don't remember what shoes you had in grade five. You remember when your mom came on that field trip for school, like, you know, it's that stuff. So I just always like have to reset my mind and be like, Mm. don't worry about, you know, getting that thing, just lay down on the floor and crawl around with, with her and like play with her blocks. Cause that, again, she's not going to remember it at one, but that's the kind of stuff that, that means more to them from what I remember in my childhood. So it just, yeah, it's just that. Mm -hmm. And again, I think, uh, having all these outlets where I can just get reminded of that stuff is, is super helpful for me. It just helps reset my mind regularly
0: yeah I, and i love that 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 um you, you mentioned presence over presence and that's the you know physical presence of being in the moment with your kid is you're right that's kind of what you remember in fact as you were talking i'm yeah those are things i remember as a kid like yeah you know i remember i do remember having the fake converse or the fake vans me too uh, <laughs> i do I and having friends at school that had the real vans and the real converse and i had like the the cheap you know uh, payoff payoff shoes or pay less shoes shoes yeah pay less shoes and I had the which you know but that's a but in the end that that's not what emotionally hit me. What emotionally hit me was were my parents at my games or did they show up and that's the stuff that's that's really that you feel here. You know the pay that's stuff you get over like okay fans. But but you're right. It, It is those those things of parents showing up, dad and mom showing up, being there for you, being present uh and yeah, you remember, you'll remember the stuff they did for you, but it's more of who they were and their, 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 their embodiment with you. So I love it. So that's great, man. Um, I'm wondering if you could now share, you know, what has been so far up to this point, what has been a significant difficulty as a father for you?
1: It's kind of two things. It's like as a father, but also a husband, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's balance. It's balancing my life. I have a lot of hobbies or had a lot of hobbies. Um, So, you know, 40% of my time was spent on me. And I really enjoyed that. And in that is my work as well. And then the rest was with my wife. And then now this is all shifted. And the biggest struggle is I have to balance helping uh, my wife with everything because she works full time as well. So Mm -hmm. we kind of split that, but also maintaining uh, my professional career as she does. Right. So we're both kind of going through it, but managing that as well as you know not feeling like i'm missing all of them so like the analogy in my head that i use is like i have all these balls in the air and i'm Mm. so focused about which one is being lacking that i'm like i'm afraid i'm going to drop them all Mm. so for me it's like uh, i feel like i'm struggling in all categories like i'm not spending enough time um, with my daughter, I'm not spending enough time with my wife and I'm not spending enough time working. You know, there's times where I feel like I'm failing in all categories. And then for me, I I tend to overcompensate. So then I like whatever one I feels lacking, I dive into extra hard and then trying to reset. So that's ongoing and it's, you know, it's, it's getting better. Communication Mm -hmm. has helped. Um, setting realistic expectations for myself has helped. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's yeah. that's the biggest struggle and it continues to be a struggle, honestly.
0: Yeah. yeah, balance is one I think for a lot of dads, myself included, I remember it is a, it's a big shift, right? Having that kind of just you and your partner and then you have baby and balancing work and life with, you know, helping your partner and engaging your kid and connecting with your partner and your, your time. And it, it's a big shift for, I really think, most people.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: we can have these expectations. And so I'm wondering for you, like, how have you, with this balance, and you said sometimes you'll overcompensate because you'll feel like, oh, maybe this area I'm really lacking, so I'll kind of put everything in. you know, How has it been for you?
1: I don't have, like, some super secret plan or anything. It's, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's the support system I have to help keep me focused or, or you know, to keep me in reality. So, mm-hmm. you know, my wife and I aren't big arguers, per se, mm-hmm. we, um but we do more now than ever. Um, but it's generally productive if that makes sense. So, Mm -hmm. you know, she'll let me know like, Hey, you're working a lot Mm. and I I need some more help. And that kind of like, it's like, yeah. And I know why I'm working a lot because maybe I dropped the ball on a few things and I need to, in the past, my, my career was a huge part of my worth. So, Mm. you know, so I've kind of shifted there, but then she'll help kind of bring me back and we've gotten quite a bit better at communicating that. So it doesn't feel like an attack. It's more just like, Hey, I I need you here and Mm. work. I have very understanding executive team that I work with that all have kids and get it and, Mm. um, don't have unrealistic expectations. And they're like, Hey, work from home. Like, yeah, you know, you can come in, but we also understand that your situation of two working parents and, COVID's mm-hmm. making it so there's not other really options. So just work from home and, you know, you're doing a great job. So wow. it's just having – I guess it really comes down to just communication um, with all these little things I'm trying to juggle, communications with the other main people in there to check in, see how things are going, and use that to just kind of do some internal self-talk and be like, hey, you can't, you can't be a superhero at everything. So mm-hmm. do your best at everything um, that you can and, you know, try and reset your priorities as needed, but really just conversations with those people and then talking myself through it and reminding myself I don't have to do it all. And
0: Mm. And has that helped that kind of self-talk of like reminding yourself or resetting your expectations? Has it helped with that feeling of I'm failing?
1: Yeah, it does. It, uh, I have to be in the right mindset, but you know, when I really you know, sit down and have a little bit of time to myself. Or, you know, sometimes it's like when I'm just playing with my daughter and like, Mm. it's just like a really nice moment. And it's just kind of clarity and I can, my brain kind of clicks off and I can just have that. And then yeah, it it does help. But I I wish it could be as easy as I'm just like, all right, let's do a little self-talk and I'm good, but I got to be in the right mindset and I have to go through it that way. But yeah, it's definitely helped. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I'd be with kind of those people and without the ability to kind of talk myself through it and when you're not in the right mindset what tends to happen yeah if i'm not in the right mindset i've gotten fairly good at realizing when i'm not but i can talk myself like almost down and in a hole mm. um so you know it's like oh you know yeah you're you're not at your best at work right now and then i can go down that hole and just kind of pile on to myself mm. i've gotten better at just being like you're not in the right mindset, acknowledge it, probably not the best thing, but like acknowledge it, push it back in and deal with this when you're ready. Not mm. just because, um, which is pretty big for me. Cause I'm a very, like, if this is a thing, let's deal with it now just because we want to get it out of the way type person. And I've, my wife has helped me a lot realize like getting it out of the way to get it out of the way is not always the best option. So.
0: So can you speak more about that? Like maybe an example of getting it out of the way where it hasn't helped.
1: Yeah. Like uh, if my wife and I are having like uh, a discussion because an argument might even be a bit of a stretch, but let's call it a discussion argument. Sure. Um, a conflict. Yeah. A conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll sometimes be like, or one of us, it could be either of us will be like, this is not productive. This is not mm-hmm. going anywhere. Like I need a break. Sometimes I'll be the one to say that, but then inside I'm just like, we're not stopping this. Like, I don't want to feel this way any longer. So let's just, let's just get this done. Yeah. Uh, it's like, we've just both, or one of us has just said, this is not productive and it's not going to finish. But yeah, my internal me is just like, let's do it. And mm-hmm. that just doesn't end well because now we're, you know, you're just, yeah, it just doesn't end well. Um, yeah. So that's kind of an example of yeah. how that can go down for me. And I
0: appreciate that. I mean, that vulnerability and sharing that are like, Hey, yeah, sometimes I do that in my own in- I'll get stuck in that one to finish it and get it over with, but to the detriment. Yeah. Um, and so for you with that, what, what's kind of like, what's one of your telltale signs that you're starting to get down that path where you say, Hey, you know what? Maybe I do need to take a pause and come back to this later. Do you have like a, a warning sign, like a sense a feeling, a thought they're like, yeah, maybe I'm getting to get to a place where I need to kind of put the brakes on this for particular conversation or moment and come back to it.
1: If I start feeling like really intensely about it, mm-hmm. um, where it's no longer logic in my main mind. It's more emotion driven. That's kind of my trigger. It's like, this is emotionally driven, which doesn't mean bad, but for me sure. it also means that I'm not going to be or deal with this the way I want to. So that's the big one. It's like when I, and I don't know how to explain it, but like, I can just feel it in my chest and mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right, this is, this is not the time. Like take a step yeah. back you' This is not going to be productive doesn't always work, but that's really the kind of the sign for me is the emotions driving the bus, I guess.
0: And and it's good to know, like to recognize for yourself, say, hey, if I'm there, I like what you said, too. Emotions aren't necessarily, they're not bad, right? They're just emotions. But Mm -hmm. for you, if you're being driven by the emotions, that can often lead to maybe letting go of some of the reasonable part of our brain and and, react, and being reactive versus responsive, right? Yeah, well, that's good. So I'm, I'm guessing does your wife tend to be the one, does she need more of the time to think, like take that pause and think and you're like, hey, let's just get it done and she's sometimes needs that space. Is that kind of typical for you guys in general?
1: Yeah, that's fairly typical okay. um, and, you know, we've we've done some counseling and therapy together just to just better understand each other mm-hmm. um, and, and it's helped because I used to think she was just avoiding the situation, Mm. right? And I'm like, well, why, why are you doing that? And because it kind of like hurts me or I thought it hurt me, but it's like, it stresses me out when I can't deal with it. I thought I didn't understand it, but then talking through it, it's like, oh no, we're just very different in this. Mm. And I want to deal with it and you need time to, to go through it. And it's not fair for me to push what I need on you and you on me. So let's understand it and then do what works best for both of us so yeah. but yeah you're right it's that's generally how the dynamic is
0: and how long did that one take to figure out for you guys of hey we did it's not like you said it's not that she's uh, you know abandoning or avoiding but it's more if she needs that space and it's just different like how long did that take to figure out in your guys's relationship uh,
1: not that long um mm-hmm. a relationship is a little different which would take like a whole <laughs> podcast to explain where we okay. met all this and it's all very sure. cool awesome story but you can give the you can give the cliff notes. We yeah. So she's German Greek. I'm Canadian. We were both traveling Australia. We met uh, in Australia. It was this kind of like a meet cute, and then we continually randomly bumped into each other multiple times on our trip, and there was just a spark there. I left after a year, and she stayed. Um, but we stayed in contact, saying like we're not going to do the distance thing. And that didn't last very long. And then we both – we met in New York for uh, for like a month and spent a month in New York together. And then that was the kind of the time where I knew I wanted to marry her, but I didn't mm. tell her that. Um, then we did distance for like four or five more years while she was in Europe finishing university. And then she moved to Canada. Um, mm. And then we've been – she's been in Canada for I think six years. Okay. Um, married for five. That's the cliff notes. But yeah. with all that is – it's a very passionate relationship that didn't really have much conflict at the start of our relationship for like the first six years Mm -hmm. more or less. So we didn't learn some of this stuff about each other, um, till much later. So when we went through it, we kind of learned about it quickly as we're like, Oh, this is different. Like what, what's going on here. And then we kind of worked through it and, you know, began to understand it. So, Long time in terms of the relationship, but short time in terms of it kind of presenting the differences and how we yeah. do things.
0: And so you guys have been together and how like since meeting it's been how long?
1: My and my timelines could be off like a little bit, but That's um well she'll yeah. she'll
0: remind you later if yeah, she'll she listens to this. Well she probably won't, but if she does, <laughs> she'll be like, oh you're Sean, you're way off. Don't worry. Yeah. She'll um, let you know.
1: <laughs> we met just over like just over eleven years ago. Okay nice
0: that's a cool that's what a cool story i mean it's
1: a really cool story yeah. i mean
0: that's awesome he went and traveled and then that, and that's really really cool that's awesome thanks for joining and listening today please leave a comment and review the show dads are tough but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone